This is Dan Libby, one-fifth of YFC, and you are listening to this week's episode of Infinite Rewind. Um, I wouldn't say punk you, man. It's just, I was just a little rough on the edge, dude. It's like any sort of fakeness that I, uh, and I'm not calling you fake. Excuse me. Let me take that. <laughs> All right. I'm more so describing myself at the time. Anything disingenuine at the time, I would call out, like, flat out. And I just didn't give a fuck. I guess that doesn't answer your question. Would I get along with you, Libby? Of course I would. You're a fucking sweet bro. I'd be like, who's this guy playing the guitar? Can I beatbox while you're playing the guitar? Yeah. Shit, man. Awesome. Good to know. Yeah, man. Um, you guys want to play? Want to dance? get into this let's play all right um welcome to uh infinite rewind i'm your host this week dan libby joined by my two compadres uh mr benny buttons benjamin cabrera rocking it got a nice haircut looking 10 years younger looking like how i i knew him or I'd met him a few times in high school, so he's bringing it back, showing that youth. And then my other man, Mr. Raul Frias, also goes by Algorithm or Algo, um, but I'm going to call him Raul for this show. It's, uh, it's my guy, very sweet soul, and uh, just a, an overall, just a fucking great guy wherever you meet him. So, um, yeah, we're uh, we're here to talk about you know every week we um, or we try to with uh, with our schedules, but every week you know the goal of Infinite Rewind is to review an album, usually an album we've never listened to, the three of us together uh, in its t- totality, and then uh, explore its themes, its music, its structure, um, and its impact on you know other artists and uh, music as a as a whole. So. Um, yeah, we you know we bounce around with different genres. We've covered prog rock. Um, we've looked at, um, you know, we've gotten as broad as uh, covering bossa nova, exploring different different uh, genres of music, um, and pushing the boundaries. Really, as individuals, I think it's getting uncomfortable and you know challenging to listen to something you've never listened to before and try to find nuggets within it and. I think we can all agree that in everything that we've listened to, there are nuggets aplenty in everything that we've explored. So um, it's a fun, it's a fun task. It's a treat for all of us. Um, and you know, we love doing it. And we love doing it in front of a crowd. Um, for those that listen. So welcome back. Uh, this is the second episode of um, the eighties rock uh, genre, which is very broad in name. Uh, when I think 80s rock, I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking what I grew up on in my house, which is not the style that I, you know, take with me everywhere. But, you know, the 80s hair band type of, you know, heavy uh, Twisted Sister, uh, Van Halen, that that's 80s rock to me. But there's, a, I mean, it's like I said, it's so broad and it goes into different categories and subgenres that, you know, it's worth, you know, exploring and it's just going to take you to different areas of, you know that you probably wouldn't expect. Um, so this week uh, is our second, this is the second installment of this segment. We um, chose to review the Joshua tree, which is an album by the Irish rock band U2. 
released in 1987, um, in March of 1987, so towards the latter half of, of that decade. Quick Facts, uh, fifth studio album released by this Irish rock band, and it hit major international commercial success, sold over 25 million copies worldwide, um, and is, is selected by the Preservation National Recording Registry of the U.S., as a treasure um it's uh I, I didn't write down the full quote but uh it's uh it's it's tied to the theme of the album which we'll get into i'm sure um a plenty in this review but um it's a four-piece you know it's a four-piece four group consisting of just bass drums guitar and vocals but it's, it does sound and we'll talk about it in the instrumentation it sounds a lot more than that um, but, the, you know, they're known for their anthemic style of music. It's largely built on the vocalist Bono's powerful vocals over um, the lead guitarist and chief guitarist of the band goes by The Edge um, over for his uh, just effects-laden guitar. Really delay-driven, and um, it's very expansive and sounds like there's multiple guitars playing throughout the album. In most of these songs, for sure. And, it, and it's really the signature sound as, as of U2 as I know it. And as I grew up hearing U2 on the radio, um, it was really the, 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 that delay-driven guitar that makes it sound like there's three guitarists at times uh, going in different directions. Um, but yeah, no, that's, so that's the, uh, that's the intro to this album. Um, I think, you know... I kind of want to just start off with, you know, this album as a departure from what I, what I thought was, you know, more of a, you know, I led with saying that eighties rock is definitely, you know, a wide, broad category. But when I think of rock, I think of like, you know, kind of blues structured, uh, you know, in it's in a traditional sense and, uh, just, you know, heavy guitar and, uh, why you know some wild vocals um this is classified as a rock album but um really it's often described as an art rock album which in just definition um from a couple different sources takes on a you know we call something art rock it's you know experimental avant-garde break from the from the from the flock um when you think of rock music and you listen to this album does this does this album fall into a rock music category for you guys or is it is it really something different is it a break from from uh from what you would classify rock as i felt like more like a pseudo rock you know a blend of, of different genres um okay. which we've seen throughout music and history um and i know for me as a listener i definitely appreciate more of the blend of different genres as opposed to you know, firmly sticking to one. There was maybe one or two songs on this album that was like heavy, heavy rock. But aside from that, it all felt like just very epic, uh, like mellow rock, soft, almost soft rock. Not, when I think of rock, I think of like ACDC and like, you know, like heavier rock. Right. This this was definitely a little, a subgenre of that, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely felt like a subgenre, and it felt like they toyed around with the formula in a few songs. Um, 
but I think your point about rock being so expansive is why if you look up a lot of lists of what's the most popular genre of music in the world, it's rock music. And I think it's because there's so many different styles of rock music. There's, you know, there's indie rock, there's heavy metal rock, soft rock, arena rock, there's Latin rock. There's so many different forms of rock. Um, I find it almost even hard to describe what rock music is. My to like, okay, it's guitars that play like pretty straightforward drum patterns and it's a lead vocalist and there's other instrumentation. But that feels so bland, I feel that, that can be anything. Like, how do you really define rock music? I think that's especially difficult. I think R&B is a little easier to describe, folk's a little easier to describe, reggae definitely easier to describe. Rock is just so big that it just seems like rock is like standard music. Like this is just music, so we're just gonna call it rock. Uh, and it's interesting to think why that name came up. Um, but yeah, I think this this fits into what I imagined nineteen eighties rock music would sound like, like the Police, the Smiths. Um, that is kind of what I thought rock music was more like. But that's just because I was exposed to that more. Um, not so much like ACDC, Van Halen, things like that nature. Which is very far from that, in my opinion. Do you think that this is, um, you know, like a, it's described as an art rock, um, you know, a break from that traditional, you know, two, two verses, two choruses, and you know, guaranteed guitar solo for 30 seconds, come back to the chorus and that's it. Do you think that this was, you know, a break from that traditional, um, that traditional structure? Or is this something that we just kind of, well, I should say, does this sound new to you? Does this, does the structure of these songs sound any new to you than what you're used to hearing when it comes to rock? I mean, I, I think the structure and the style of the formatting of these songs were probably a little ahead of his time because they kind of, although there was structures as, uh, you know, verse, chorus, things like that, there was a lot of space in between them at times. Like there was, mm -hmm. it was, you know, from, from a verse to a chorus, they may have gone into like this fucking epic ass guitar and then they go into the, the chorus. But I, it just felt like it was very stretched out the songs were very stretched out and not so boxed in form fitting um yeah i hope that answers your question which is true yeah. because the songs aren't really that long with the exception of one tree hill and the first song every other song is under five minutes so they're able to give you that expansive feeling without you know making eight nine ten minute ballads which i thought was rather unique um but in terms of of each song they're not doing anything too out of the ordinary in terms of chords like i looked up the chords for almost all of the songs and they're pretty standard like one four five two five one like one six like it's they're not doing too many interesting things with chords uh in terms of the song structure and layout maybe the arrangement is a bit more expansive and like aimed to give you that expansive feeling, which I obviously get when I look at the album cover and think about Joshua Tree and the themes of the desert and the space of, you know, being a tree that grows in a remote wasteland. Um, I think they were able to capture that, I think, within some of the songs. But in terms of this feeling like a new twist on rock, I don't get that. I don't think, oh my goodness, this is like genius and this is like cracking the pavement. 
um, it, it felt like they're not really trying to crack the pavement. They're just trying to like stretch the pavement out. I agree. I, um, I listening to it, I wasn't like thinking, yeah, this is totally revolutionary in structure and in like, you know, like a prog rock, like take you in different directions and all of a sudden it comes back. It was just more of how they displayed their like talents, their instruments. I think the Edge's guitar is, is entirely signature in this album, the delay effects. And when you, it's interesting when you read up on it, you know, he's uh, quoted as saying that music notes are expensive. You know, he's considered to be a minimalist, but then when you listen to the sound, it just sounds so, I wouldn't say it's overwhelming. It's kind of uh, encapsulating, you know, he's producing this like, like almost like sheets of wind, but like, they're not like torrent or anything. They just kind of roll up around you and, like in the street where the streets have no name, it's just an arpeggio for most of the, he's just playing arpeggio. And um, it just kind of like in the chorus, I mean, and it just kind of envelope and envelops you. And uh, you know, it, it, it seems like there's a lot going on and, but when you really break it down, like if you try to play that acoustically, it's going to sound 1000% different than what it sounds like on the album. Um, yeah. So it really on, on display is, you know, their ability to, you know, create these new sounds in a traditional format. Um, so that, that, that to me is the, is the avant-garde. That's the break from, you know, the distortion and whatnot. They're just playing with sounds on a traditional canvas. It's been what Ben said about being expansive. They're just showing how rangy that can be. You know, they're going in different directions within the box, but showing how broad the box is. Um, Cause yeah, to me, I think rock at times can be very, um, you know, coming out of the seventies, especially into the, you know, into the eighties, it's like, you know, it's a lot of the same patterns. This is a different. It, it feels it feels different, but it, yeah, when you boil it down to to, to blueprint, it's similar. Yeah, um, I think I think this is an example of uh, a project that was engineered and produced very well, hmm. and and uh, and even to what you guys just touched on is uh, the music itself, the composition, the chords for the, throughout the album, they're kind of basic and very minimalistic. Um, mm -hmm. But it sounds very airy and spacey and almost almost stadium-like. You know, it's mm -hmm. very big and in your face. I, I think that this is this album is an example of the right producers and engineers behind it. And even I caught a quote of Bono saying that there were some of the songs that um, – I forgot exactly what it was that he said, but he was pretty much saying that the the, mu the musicians in the group were not uh, proficient musicians, and they knew they knew that. So they, you know, that that's why they brought on producers such as you got to call them out, Daniel Lenoy and Brian Eno. He, uh, they knew that these guys would be able to, you know, enhance what they do at this level and bring it up here. Yeah. Do so you think a lot of the? So, and I agree. I think a lot of the success i mean the album just sounds like it's like like um cinematic very it's epic you yeah know? completely and some songs like where the streets have no name are like anthemic and like it just has like it's like build you know and still haven't found what i'm looking for it's just like it's just bigger than and broader and wider yeah. um, 
than anything I've like, you know, than any real rock song that, or string of rock songs that I've listened to. Yeah. I mean, when you're thinking of an anthemic rock song, like a masterpiece that comes to mind is Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. That's an anthemic building. It's a, there's a climax, a crescendo, and then it comes back down. It, it's very like, you know, captivating. That's a single song, and then it goes straight into you're back to these other traditional rock songs. So, but this is this just seemed um, back to that point. It's just like how broad the box can be, um, and how simple an approach you can take to it. It's just what you do with it uh, and how you dress it up. You know, it's not a discredit to the musicians because it's still pure art. You know, still there. You know talents display that's their direction and just yeah i think i wonder um well i can't really can't speak to production uh, much i'm not very savvy with it and, and and the amount of work that goes into it i understand is very you know it's a tedious art um and you know it's a lot but um yeah i think that i wouldn't say i mean i'm in no position to say that they're any less of you know world-class musicians but any less than world-class musicians, but definitely like this is a collaborative effort between the artists and the producers to make such a cinematic piece. Um, I'm going to toss the ball to Ben before I move on to the next point. Do you have one, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, always. Every, every time I always, add. um, I think if the album was called the Joshua box, it would be very contradicting to the feeling of the album. I think calling it the Joshua three, like, paints this image of there being life that can grow in like really big spaces, even when they're not supposed to. So I think that a lot of the people that listen to this album tap into that and tap into that big arena feel. And I think they also tried to make that happen with their music videos. I would suggest you guys watch the videos for where this have no name and I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Um, I won't get into the full details of the video, but basically both of the videos involved the band surrounded by thousands and hundreds of people, not just like in an arena, like on, I'm still what I, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. They're like walking through Vegas and they're like just connecting with as many people as possible. And the video for where the streets have no name, they're playing on top of a roof in LA and there's 30,000 people on the streets with them. So I, I feel like that is where the album starts to be uh, like a gift and a curse for me because I do recognize the big expansiveness of the sound. And I do recognize how vast of a genre rock is. And I feel like they they went more in the direction of like, yo, let's make this big and inviting for as many people as possible, which I think really worked out well for the first three songs. Even the fourth song, Bullet, uh, The Blue Sky. Uh, for me, after that, the album takes massive nosedive. Yeah. Um, there's a guitar solo on Bullet, uh, The Blue Sky, that, you know, it makes the hairs in the back of my neck stand up. And I was so excited because I thought after that song, like, yo, they're going to go in a very big, energetic rock direction. Uh, the vibe going, because the vibe is, like, spot on for the first four songs. I'm going to say that I'm, I still haven't found what I'm looking for is probably in my top five favorite songs that we've listened to since we started doing this podcast. I listened to that song easily 50 times, 60 times this week. And then after Bullet in the Blue Sky, nosedive for me. So I'm actually, I'm curious 
where you all thought the album started to like increase in quality or decrease in quality and why most importantly i've been asking myself that question a lot why it's like yo, if i love these first four songs so much what happened with the remaining seven yeah you want to take a stab at that a little bit or you want me to go yeah i mean i think it's um i think it's all entirely intentional on their part and what they're trying to like the theme of the album really just, you know, is the answer. It's like what they were really trying to paint. And, um, but that, that's, that's their approach to me as the listener. I totally agree. I thought, um, I thought that it came on so strong where the streets have no name really set the tone. Still, what I still haven't found what I'm looking for was, is just, it's entirely epic. Uh, beautiful. The lyrics are like, it's just, the theme of that song is just you know it's a spiritual song but it's about a you know the narrative is like in doubt um it's it's fascinating uh touches on a lot of things a lot of feelings uh with or without just really like poppy uh but fint wonderfully done like beautifully produced uh minimalist in terms of guitar uh and bass in you know, the structure it's just that that and tying that into the bullet and blue sky was like you know this is art rock right here like the the distortion the uh, the 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 effects on the edges guitar over like a very like it's heavy bass but it's not overwhelming it's not like you know like a plane can't get off the runway type of like repetition it's just like it fits so well and it's a, all the those four first four songs evoke all these like feelings and images and it's it's very captivating and then all of a sudden it goes into like more like you know it's an acoustic song i think that follows it that has some you know runs its has its own themes and um it just kind of like you know thins out i think and um you know i appreciate what they're doing as a whole as a, as a whole piece but yeah it, it falls off after uh bullet in the blue sky and then it picks back up towards you, know, you get a flash of that signature later on and in God's country, you know, that signature guitar comes back and it kind of revitalizes everything. Um, but then, yeah, you get to, uh, I think one tree, one tree Hill is like, it changes, it comes back. And I think that, that, that's really the last big song for me. And then after that, it kind of trails away. Um, so yeah, it, it, it changed. Yeah, definitely the first half of the album, first four songs were like, you really take the cake and then it, it, it trails away. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And I literally liked, initially, I only liked on Spotify the first four songs. But then after a few listens, uh, running to stand still and understanding the meaning behind it, I found a deeper appreciation for it. But I think sonically, the first four songs definitely match each other in terms of its epicness. And it's, you know, feeling like... I zooming down a electric electrified neon color highway in a fucking Ferrari is what the first song, first four songs sound. Like. Uh, but then after that, it's like, I don't, I don't know. It just went somewhere else. That's the, it felt different. Uh, although, although I did uh, running to stand still after several listens, I, I definitely appreciated it more. And I, and I, I love the first person perspective on, you know, addiction and, and, and uh, the struggles of, of, of living with addiction. But yeah, after the right. fourth fourth song did that, that shit was like a fucking roller coaster that went went south. 
very slow roller coaster. It was like, yeah, went to the beginning, ascend, and then you went through that like massive, thrilling, dopamine infused rush. And then after it was like, you were on like a little kid ride and you were just like gently doing around. And I guess to me, I, I really imagined myself listening to the album in the desert and seeing physically a Joshua tree. And it felt like the first four songs were like, I'm in front of the Joshua tree and oh my God, how do you create life in a place like this? And then after that fourth song, it felt like I just kept walking and I didn't see any more Joshua trees. I was just like walking through the desert. I saw a little bush here and there, you know, that was in God's country. And then one tree hill, I saw one tree on a hill. But for the rest of it, it just felt like very watered down. And going back to Raul's uh, analysis of there being a theme on running to stand still. Yes, I do agree. I picked up on that theme as well. But when I try to like draw a line from one song to the next, tying themes from track one to 11, to me like that, it's not strong. It's yeah. the theme and the story isn't all that's strong. Yes, there is this feeling of like isolation sort of and like searching for love, doing it immersed in nature. Uh, but as someone that connects more to people than nature, uh, that didn't really hit for me. And I don't think they did a lot of new things with the connection between nature and man, or at least not strong enough in the second half. Um, but maybe because there was no, there wasn't a lot of nature being talked about in the first four songs that I like those ones so much. But when, if you look at the second track six through 11, a lot of those have some nature element to them. Uh, and maybe that's why I got kind of lost in a desert album about nature. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like the lyrics got a little more conscious, if you will, or political, as much as I hate the word political. Well, yeah, that, the second half got a little more woke, if you will. Like he's uh, Bono, he's singing about like uh, uh, mine workers union uh, in the '80s, and then he's he's singing about like um, what was the other song that was really political? I mean, "Bullet the Blue Sky" was fairly political. Like it was definitely about, political. Yeah. yeah, that was about wars. It's about anti-war. So like the second yeah. half of the album got a little more woke, but. It just didn't feel like musically, it, it felt to me like it didn't have the right substance to properly carry you into that after the first four songs. I feel like if they would have spent a little more time in, and who knows, maybe this was their intent. I feel like if the music was a little more epic, if you will, for the second half of the album, we'd be having a totally different conversation because the content, but, yeah. consci the consciousness, what was that? By music, do you mean like the instrumentation? The, the instrumentation. The instrumentation and the composition, if, if maybe they would have matched the second half with the first half, but kept the same content, we would be talk, talking a totally different conversation. I agree. I thought it's, I, I definitely thought it thinned out. And even, you know, In God's Country kind of brings you back into like, like a, you know, what you listen to in the first four songs is really like, it's like, I'm just say it, man. Like the guitar, Bono's expressive vocals definitely lead the charge. But like, it's the guitar that sets really takes the blank canvas and does something totally different with it. And uh, 
it disappears and they go into like more just it just thins out and then in god's country circles back around it's like you just got a blast of that wind like you know like a second wind in a sense and then it trails away um i really like one tree hill it just takes you into like it's more like ambient um and subtle and i think that's really where they thrive it's not really so much in like the 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 pulse pounding music i just think that they're they're more of a you know, they set like a warm scene um, and then the vocals just go up and down. But, um, but yeah, totally. I, I, I think um, it, it, and it, it takes away from the overall like grade of the album to me um, as a, the individual listener. <clears throat> I'm so propped up for the first four and I love what they've done that it kind of trails away Yeah, as the individual. But then when, you know, you read up on like, you know, you get into the theme of the album and how much value you put into, you know, themes, motifs, um, and whether you agree that, you know, they, you know, they say this is the theme of the album, but as a listener, you may not totally agree, or, or you may, you may understand that that's what they wanted to do, but it's really to you as the listener, how well they communicated that. So let's jump to that real quick. The theme of this album, um, per sources is, uh, America and, you know, it's, well noted even by Bono that, you know, the idea of this album was the real America as they saw it and their, you know, angst towards it. And, and this isn't really like, you know, and this is a good point. Like, was this album really um, come off as a protest album? Was this like, you know, an anti-American album? Um, their point of view of what's going on in America, the real America versus the mythic, which is to them, it was their, you know, the open landscapes, the freedom, the nature of America um, as, as just a, as a place and not so much, you know, the concepts that dominate it. Um, and so they said that, and it's, interestingly enough, the working title for the album was actually called the two Americas and it's being called the Joshua tree. But, you know, setting that right there, do you, while listening to this album, did you pick up on, that theme while you were listening to it that there was you know this contrast of the real america versus you know the mythic what they perceive you know what they feel connected to and what they want to see did you uh you know let's explore that is that is that a theme that was apparent or one that was missed because i can i'll be honest with you it wasn't something that i scooped up on or picked up the first few times i listened to it yeah, that's definitely something that I missed as far as the duality of what U.S. actually is versus what the perception was. I think that there's definitely, like we mentioned, the last half of the album, there's a little more conscious effort behind it and mm -hmm. calling out some of America's flaws. But I didn't quite catch the perception of it. Like, yeah, what, what do you think, Ben? Um, Bullet in the Blue Sky might be the best most upfront uh declaration of that theme because there's like a, that spoken word part towards the second half of the song where he's basically mm -hmm. talking about all the things that you are talking about and it's the first if you just close your eyes put on this album listen to the first three songs you're not gonna have any idea that it's about america at all uh and for track four you're like oh okay like so he wants to talk about america and then he goes to running to stand still which doesn't really have anything to do with the previous track before it. So 
maybe he had that theme or the band had that theme in mind as they were writing it. Um, but I wouldn't say it was fully explored and you can find like bits and pieces of that in every single track. At least I I definitely didn't. I, I, I did find there was definitely some theme of searching for something and there being an exploration and a want of something, you know, like, uh, like looking for Mars, imagining Mars, great. So I'm gonna make a whole album about Mars and like Mars is the place to go and I'm gonna escape there and like all my earthly problems are gone. Like I did get a sense of that, that there is some type of search for some idyllic thing. Like where the streets have no name, I saw it as, yo, you're going to an undiscovered place. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Like I'm searching for something that I think exists in here that I've heard about. Um, you know, in God's country is like that heavenly aspect of it. So I guess I got more of the search for something idyllic versus there's a lot of criticism here. And to me, like Bullet, The Blue Sky, Red Hill Mining Town, um, I would say those would be the most like anti-American tracks if I had to pinpoint at some. But what I leave the album liking the most is the search, you know, the pursuit of something new, some form of life in a place that hasn't been discovered, which I think explains why I still haven't found what I'm looking for is such a masterpiece of a track because I feel like it really hits that. It really hits that idea of like searching and being in a community that searches. Yeah. But Anti-America, little thin, Bono. I guess I guess hearing you explain that though it, it made me realize that if, when you hear a lot of people talk about uh, coming to the United States or coming to America, they're coming in in looking for either refuge or just looking for a better life. Yeah, but I think in that sense thematically that may be spot on at least for the first four songs because it, the first four songs is definitely like searching for something better. And I, listening to it, I thought it was more so about love, but really it could. In terms of an allegory, it could be related to anything better, better life, a better mm -hmm. future, a better environment for your family. So I guess maybe the first four songs are indicative of the perception of America in a sense or what people expect it to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's dope because then it's like first three songs are like, yo, I have this idea, like I'm coming to America, like I'm gonna find this thing. And then Bully in the Blue Sky hits and it's like hardcore guitars. Yeah. So like distortion and heavy and like you're confronted with the reality of it so much that Bono's like, yo, let me stop singing and let me just talk to you about what's happening here. And then track five is the running to stand still goes to the themes of addiction and all those things you were mentioning earlier. So in a sense, like those first four songs kind of take you on that journey of like expectation and then track four is reality. Yep. Right. No, and I think that's a great, that's a really cool point. Um, and then, you know, as a listener, you're like, you know, maybe I'm trying to tie something. It might be a little far-fetched here, but, like, take that a step further. The, you know, the first four sets you up as an expectation for more of that. Like, this is the album, oh my God. And then it dives off into a reality that's kind of like the underbelly. Right. And you're a little bit more aware of, like, holy shit, it, it thins out a little bit and it's not what you expected. Right. You know, and then maybe One Tree Hill's that oasis that just kind of brings you back to what you were hearing or listening to or what you're familiar, what you want, what you're searching for. I don't know. I just that there might be, you know, two or three steps removed from the, from no, the real I point. Think, but, I think we just cracked the code of this album. You know, 
that could be that could be that and then you know honestly when you go back to you know the musicians trying to convey and you know you go back to the, the experiment right the avant-garde the new approach like um yeah it's in the instrumentation but they're also drawing on american and irish roots music i think it's like you know some ballad running to standstill sort of ballady and uh, folky yet you get into like what the uh, trip through your wires is like definitely like midwest honky tonk mm-hmm. harmonica you know what i mean like it's like a it's a exploration of like a blues bar it's a blues romp you know so you know it's definitely american you know um so there's definitely there's different layers to tie to that overall theme there um but yeah i definitely feel like you know i don't think there's love love isn't you know dominant here there's there's mentioned love for higher power but there's it's really a self-exploration album in um in america and yeah i thought i mean when you look at it in totality i think it really does well um when you look at it through that lens as we just explored the more i think about it but as the individual listener craving certain things it doesn't you know i want more of the first four and less of the second half that's just my selfish than me being selfish but um bringing it back i think overall it was a well thought out album um at least thematically if that's really you know that's what they were going for you know the more i think about it the more i find new ways to make connections you know i think we just did we just made connections just right now so uh yeah i think it's pretty cool i did want to touch on one ask one thing like um reading up on this album um particularly about the lyrics bono's lyrics obvious that you know this spiritual um you know this definitely spiritual imagery and 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 themes that are kind of put into the songs uh but in a lot of what i read um critics use the word embellish when they talk about uh spiritual lyrics being fit into these songs it's like oh this is more like sociopolitical uh conscious songs conscious lyrics that are embellished that are embellished with uh spiritual references to the you know biblical you know spiritual imagery and just putting it in there almost like you know when i think of the word embellish when i sit here it used it's almost negative it's like oh it's too much like why do you put that in there you're lying it's not true so i was a little taken aback by that because i think the the those lyrics especially in you know the streets have no name reference to like a higher plane where the streets have no name, just like heavenly, um, you know, um, obviously uh, still haven't found what I'm looking for. It has like, a direct reference to, you know, kingdom come. Uh, I think I was taken aback. I was like, I don't think it's embellished at all. I think it fits perfectly. And I think it fits perfectly into the overall theme that we just explored searching for something coming to America. And then, you know, you're you fight your way through the 11 songs it's like it's your journey and god or higher power is still with you it's because it's, it's just brought up or or like mixed into the the scenes and images and you know as they unfold to the narrator i don't know let me pitch that to you guys do you think it was embellished are you taken aback by that that word i don't know yay, yay. embellished is 
a tough word to speak accurately in terms of like judging music. Because to me, like too dramatic, like hyperbole in embellishment yeah. are in the same category. So like, is he embellishing himself lyrically? Like, I didn't really get the sense that he was like, yo, this dude is describing something with a force and a magnitude that's just like an exaggeration, like making a mountain out of a molehill. I feel like he was just making a mountain out of a mountain. And I didn't think that he was really being overly dramatic. Um, if anything, I kind of wish he was a little more dramatic because maybe that might have helped uh, with the imagery a little bit through the second half of the of the album. So embellishment, nah, I didn't really connect with the idea of embellishment throughout. Yeah, neither did I. Honestly, he was, uh, I think this was pretty close to his truth or their truth. There's uh, there a lot of Marxism going on in this album, you know, speaking on your surroundings in current times. So I'm gonna have to say no, no embellishment. I did kind of think this as I was listening to the album and learning about the band. I'm like, this is an American album by an Irish band. How would I feel about a Japanese band making a Dominican album? Like, <laughs> like some level of suspicion. I don't know. It depends, bro. Let me tell you, in Diario, there's a lot of Asian folks, yo. So if it's one of those, I'm with it. But like, there was that initial moment. I'm like, Yo, an Irish band is making an American album? Like, you're going to send Bruce Springsteen to... Nah, I feel you. You know, like, <laughs> there's going to be some skepticism there. Um, and maybe that could be part of the embellishment, that, like, romantic idealism. Uh, it really reminds me of when I went to Europe for the first time in 2013. I remember going to Rome and landing in Rome, downtown Rome, it feeling like Times Square, and just being so flooded with all of these, like, ridiculous stereotypes, like... I'm just looking for like the wine, the pasta and the Italian women and like the Vatican and the Colosseum and all these like very superficial things. And I remember after three days of being there on my fourth day, I woke up and I was just almost what I didn't know at the time was probably a little depressed, but more like disillusioned, like all these embellishments and ideas, this caricature of what I thought this place was going to be after three days, they kind of fade. And then I'm left with, the feeling that I got on the second half of this album, which is like just a reality. This is just life here now. It's not, you're not living in that fantasy anymore. So yeah, I didn't connect with the idea of embellishment, but going to your point earlier, Libby, it would be nice to live in that first four track world where you are in that level of embellishment for uh, a whole album. Maybe that's not realistic. And maybe that's what they were trying to tell us here is that like coming to America is like initial embellishment and then after like you get a song that's like honky tonk and there's one tree hill and that's the reality more so than the fantasy of uh you know the garden of eden being what america is yeah but isn't that interesting yo because it's like if you think about it in that sense being a group from out of the united states that for me it sounded like they had never been to either the united states maybe prior to this album but think generally speaking, uh, if, if let's say Italy, I can only go by what I think about Italy based on what has been told to us or what I've seen online and movies, of that nature. So embellishment, yes, but it's probably just because that's what it was made out to be. That's what we're forced to. So, yeah, and maybe it is embellishment, but it is only because you aren't aware, you know, 
up until you know the second half of the album is when you realize like oh shit it's been three days into his trip like this shit is not what i expected yeah exactly exactly um all right let's work towards uh final thoughts um i'll go first i think i walked into this review with a certain number in mind um and the more we talk about it, the more it unfolds in front of me, and I, I find it endlessly interesting. Ten uh, and different levels. I think it's a, we could talk for hours, and I think it's a lot to cover. You know, um, it, it, it's a fun album to talk about. I think it's just layered differently. Um, so yeah, I, I really love the first four songs. I mean, we talked about it. I think um, that's their strong. That's their strength. Is um, the d- delay, heavy uh, effect, like guitar with Bono, who's not like, I mean, he, I just, I guess I have to just describe him as powerful and expressive, you know, uh, he's not like showy, you know, it's just very like complimentary to the sound, the overall sound amongst the four of them. Um, it's on full display. It's very moody. Um, it's evocative. I think, Bullet in the Blue Sky is the art rock song of the album um, in terms of just the the guitar effects and just, it's just you know, just the title. And then you listen to like the guitar and it sounds like, you know, it's like shattering the blue sky, but it's not like breaking and it's all like hell and brimstone to me. It's actually like the blue sky is like, you know, Literally, quite literally, a bullet shot at the sky and the sky shatters into glass, but it's just like floating glass. And it's only floating because of that strong bass line, you know? And then it's just like the colors swirl in and out, just the way he just makes that guitar groan and moan, which is really at a high point for me where he he's doing the spoken word and he talks about a you know, saxophonist groaning. And it just, wow! Like, it just, everything just seemed to come together perfectly. And that seems hard to hard to do with the amount of stuff going on with the guitar it it just seemed like a really tight abstract song uh if i can really pull it all together it's that that was a high point that's probably my favorite i would say no i i think the first two songs really have always been and they still will be my favorite songs in the album um and some of my favorite u2 songs but that song really just there was a little bit more awoke during that that presentation, uh, but then of course, yeah, as we talked about, it kind of nose dives to the individual listener. And if you're not really looking at it, it depends on what you're searching for when you look at an album like this. Are you trying to ride along and, and and understand the story, or are you looking for songs that just grab your attention? Because if you're looking for songs that just grab your attention, you're gonna the second half of the album really isn't for you. Um, it's just gonna miss it and slide off. And selfishly, that's really a lot of what I'm looking for. But when we do these album reviews, I'm trying to see the bigger picture. It wasn't very apparent to me um, off the bat. I had to read up on it to get a better better glimpse of it. Um, but now that I did that, and now that I've talked to you two fine gentlemen more about it, we've explored it, it just seems like there's so many more questions and so many more things to, to, to talk about. Um, and it's, it's just... It's just very interesting. It's just it's heightened its appeal. So it actually, to me, moved from a seven to an eight just in this conversation. 
and seven is a real powerful take i mean it sounds kind of low but it was really just the the opening it's the four first four songs i'm gonna take that more of as the individual thing because the whole album as as it's in, in its totality didn't reach me like let's say king crimson you know like it was like that that's a story and it's filled with you know all these fantastic images um this was rangy um but it peaks early it trails away and then uh, you know you kind of you know i'm only human man you sort of lose interest so um downfall was the second half of the album for sure uh with an exception of one song and then they kind of tickle like a, a a foreshadow with with exit uh which is one of the second to last songs about their, their eventual take which is a couple of years later, they come out with more of like an arena rock, dance rock album, um, which is more hypnotic, but it was definitely more aggressive and Actung Baby, which is another album I'm more familiar with. Um, so, yeah, it just, you know, they're going to go off in a different direction. You kind of see that they're kind of going in a, in a more abstract uh, approach. But, um, yeah, overall, it's definitely it's an eight for me. Uh, the first four songs are really what bring it all, right away at like a 10 level. And then it trails away, starts losing points um, back down to a seven. But I think there's just so much. It's it's a fascinating album that's worth listening to. And you might continue to find more nuggets as you continue to listen to it. And of course, have fireside chats with your two boys about it. So, um, yeah, I'm going to call it an eight. I'm going to pass the ball. Throw it up in the air. Who's got it? Um. Yeah. So it's, there's definitely a bunch of nuggets that I picked up from this album, without a doubt. Um, I loved the spacey vibe, the kind of airy, almost like your flow. First four or five songs, four, first four songs, it's almost like we're fucking floating, you know? It's like mm. suspended in air, which is dope. And it's it's something beautiful to capture. I'm, I'm actually going to try to... I'm going to create music to try to capture that essence of floating. And uh, I, I also think this album definitely is very reflective of the 80s. I definitely feel like I'm in the 80s listening to this album. Um, there's some beautiful guitar melodies throughout. Um, some of the lyrical content was dope. Uh, dope imagery throughout the album, too. Like... Um, our love turns to rust. I thought was dope on the intro song. Um, <laughs> generally speaking, uh, bullet the blue bullet to the blue sky or bullet the blue sky. I thought it, it's 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 directly about killing a good mood in this sense. If you if you ask me, it's about a beautiful day and then you shooting the shit up. It almost reminded me of like I don't know if you guys have watched uh, this Beyonce song. Hold up is the name of the song off of her album Lemonade, but. This was after she found out that her man is cheating on her and she's going around a city with bats smashing everything. Like, mm -hmm. you guys should check yeah. out that. I've seen it. That, that, that song reminds me of, of, of that video because it's almost like raining on a fucking beautiful day because realistically, shit isn't always sunshine and fucking rainbows. And this is the truth, you know? Um, yeah, but so, some things that took away points for me is, yeah, like we've mentioned time and time again, is the second half of this album, fucking nosedive. Um, the drumming, it, uh, the drumming almost felt like it was like robotic, you know, and very like like somebody doing like these dances and shit. It might as well have been a fucking drum machine that you just press play in. And it, mm. There was no like, it, it felt like the drummer had no like 
intuitive like feeling towards the album or the music and i wonder what the drumming is like throughout the rest of the discography but that took away from me for sure um yeah that with with the first four songs being so powerful and heavy for me in the second half wasn't a good look mm. um, so that takes off a lot of points i think for me at its best i'm gonna say this album is a five smack dab in the middle smack dab in the middle yeah i think libby's point about the conversation being so interesting is something that's worthwhile to acknowledge because if a good piece of art it's kind of like if i remember um i was walking around with a friend of mine once around downtown boston and uh we passed by a street performer and this dude was just killing it like amazing saxophonist and i had to stop and like listen and i just kept walking and my friend was like yo if he made you stop you gotta pay some money like that deserves the honor if it does make you stop so i think the fact that this album made us talk so much and have such interesting conversation it should be acknowledged that it was a successful piece of art that it made us have these deep conversations but i think our conversations were so centered on the themes that it's hard for me to give the music and the instrumentation and the vocal performances and the lyricism all that credit i think we like pulled a lot from it versus Bono and YouTube giving us a lot, particularly in the second half of the album. So to me, and we haven't touched upon this too much, I don't really love Bono vocally. I think he did a good job with the first four tracks, but um, I don't know, some of the other songs, it kind of felt like he was whispering behind me, like into my ear. And I don't like that. Um, and maybe that's the nature of what he was trying to do, but I think it's hard to judge an album based off a of band's intention because uh, it's hard to pinpoint like, what were they exactly trying to do so this is always you know completely subjective um i love those first four songs i'm telling you i still haven't found what i'm looking for it's going to go down in one of my top 10 yeah. to five favorite songs of all time like play that on a road trip play it at my funeral like play it like whenever good day bad day i'll take it however um that song is truly truly amazing um but I can't say that I'm going to go back and revisit any song past song four. Maybe in God's Country, maybe Thrift to Your Wires, but um, you're talking about more than half the album that I'm not really interested in. So with the first three tracks being as strong as they are, I can't go any lower than a five. So I'm going to stay at a five because, man, I think they could have done more with the second half. Uh, at least for Benjamin Cabrera's taste. Uh, I think they could have done more with the instrumentation. Percussion's a good point. The percussion was really like in the way back, like outside of the arena. Um, yeah. so could have done more with that. So yeah, I'm gonna say a five. Swag, all right. Well, uh, Benny, while you're on the stage, you wanna pitch um, next week's listen? Yes, I'm so excited for this because you said something in the first, I think, two or three minutes of our conversation that like solidified my decision. So I think we have been exploring the vast world of rock and we've really been going out into the uh, extremities of rock and we haven't really explored what I would consider is the rock that we probably heard the most of or at least the rock that some of us have uh, attributed the most with 80s rock. 
So we're going to kind of like rail it in. We're going to come in from like a soft, flamboyant, almost ethereal rock sound. And we're going to get like very aggressive, very in your face, very heavy with it. And I'm super excited for this because, yes, part of this podcast is about finding the perfect album, but it's also about being slightly uncomfortable. So a genre of music that I have always kind of like kept at arm's length or even longer than that uh, is heavy metal-ish. Uh, we are going to be listening to Iron Maiden, Number of the Beasts. Um, it is a, uh, it's a rock album that I listened to like, the first two songs and I actually listened to a few tracks of ACDC's Back in Black, but I thought that was like too much. Like vocally, I could not do a full album of that. Uh, vocally, Iron Maiden, I think, is a little more palatable, um, but it's definitely like signature 80s, high octane uh, rock music. And I'm so excited to spend the next two weeks <laughs> listening to this and just getting the testosterone going, man. Um, I, I, I only listen to one song off the album. And I think, yeah, with the palette and the knowledge that we've gotten over the last month or so listening to rock, I think it's going to be dope to explore. So the album is, let me sure I got the name right. Yep. Iron Maiden, The Number of the Beast. Uh, it was released in 1982. And that is what we're going to be exploring for the last installment of our 80s rock. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Right. You, better, you might punch a hole through the wall. <laughs> I can already yeah. see it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Sick. Um, you know, Wait. down the Cape. I got like a two and a half hour drive home. So Yeah, don't put that. I'm going to get your baby to go to sleep. Yeah. No, I will. Believe me. He's got to get used to it. Um, but yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, um, it's been fun chatting about uh, this week's album for review uh, joshua tree by you too i had a blast um i hope you guys did as well and uh, i look forward to checking out iron maiden which would be a first for me and uh talking about it in a week or two so yeah. um yeah thanks so much guys thanks to the audience for to our listeners for checking us out and um we'll uh, we'll catch up with you guys soon have a great rest of the weekend Yes, sir. Peace and love. See you later.